there with you. But I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. Got jungle fever, she's got jungle fever, he's got jungle fever, they're in love. She's gone black boy crazy, he's gone white girl hazy. <laughs> I love this fucking song. Oh, Slim, hey, welcome to the X-Rated Experience Podcast. I am already having fun. This is the Black History Edition episode. Uh, well, we will talk about interracial relationships. We will talk about the destruction of the black family homes. We have interviews and we have debates from the greats. Uh, all wrapped into one on these massive, mega, black history feel X-rated edition podcast. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. Um, yeah, so, man, without further ado... Let's get right into it, man. With our first interview, man. Let's let's not hold back. You feel me? If you're black, say it loud. You're black and you're proud. You feel me? Thank you to all of my listeners of any race, color, and creed. Because I always say, like, hey, yes, be black and proud, but do remember that we had others fighting beside us that didn't share the same skin color. One bad apple shouldn't ruin the bunch. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. So, yeah, without no further ado, man. Like I said, let's enjoy it. Get down with it. You hear the music? Sing it, Stevie. Sing it. Hey, man. Stevie Wonder sings his ass off. Black African American musician, by the way. Highly acclaimed. Number number of hits. So, let's go ahead and enjoy, man. My X-Rated, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the X-Rated Experience Podcast. I am your host, the Savage God himself. And remember, this is our Black History Month edition. And where the topic, two topics, the two topics are interracial, interracial relationships and the destruction shut the fuck up and oh we have Renee Renee in the house tonight um to go ahead and go over this topic with topics because <clears throat> remember the destruction of the black family home which yeah which that's deep right yeah and yeah and Renee Renee is divorced so Technically, that was a destruction of a black family home. (laughs) I mean, yes, because she has um, been through a divorce. Uh, She was married at 19 and nobody destroyed a home like she did. Fuck you. Okay, how about that? You had to to grab the mic. Yeah. 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 Are you going to put that all on me, though? I destroyed? She was a domestic. Domestic. Look, look, look. Look, look, look. 
Alright, she did not beat him in public. <laughs> <laughs> but her ass got it right. I mean, you can Google her rap sheet if you want. It's on her Wikipedia page. She went to jail for whooping his ass. See what I mean? What the, but it, let a man, let a man say he deserved it. Nah, nigga. Nah, me too. Time's up. Time's up. That's what they said about George Washington Carver and his peanut. But y'all asses are still eating Skippy. <clears throat> you don't eat peanut butter. Okay, whatever. But no, when I say the destruction of a black family home, I mean how the government um, basically played a part in taking trades that you can get trade like you know it's plumbers out here that makes more than college kids you feel me but it used to be college wasn't the end all be all <clears throat> it was more of a basically you can go to high school and you can get you know what I'm saying you can get a trade for electrician and stuff like that and they came and took that out and then once they took it out guess what they did oh guess what we're at war so let's send these black guys to war and now you send them off to war Who's left in that home to take care of pretty much who's it's it's the it's the mother, it's the black mother. Mm-hmm. So now the black mother <clears throat> is getting used to handling stuff on her own because her man is not just he didn't leave, he's at war. She doesn't know if he's coming home or not. Mm-hmm. They come home, but guess what? Now that the ones that, that that did make it home, now they're addicted to heroin. What the fuck? So this is this is what they like, to, you know what I'm saying? So they out there, they strung out. Now you got the Panthers that come along and everybody, and <clears throat> a movement starts where heroin is pretty much getting kicked out the door. The government then now, what the fuck can we do to fuck shit up more? You know what I'm saying? Let's 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 put some crack up in these hood. Let's not only put cracks in the let's not only put crack in the hood, but let's give. The black men who serve a $20 bag worth of crack 20, 20 years to life now Now You have You know what I'm saying Since the trades are gone So you don't really have a trade You then go to college Because college is fucking expensive You go All the way to Vietnam <clears throat> Vietnam get hooked Now You you got the little black boys of that generation seeing their father gone, either for war or he strung out on something. They tired of seeing their siblings and their mother struggle. So they go out there and they sell this new invention called crack. They get caught for a 20 bag of crack. They doing 20 years. Guess what? That person you just sent to jail for 20 years of life, they got kids at home. Nobody's at home. To... Exactly. Egg fucking exactly. So we're not just talking about how you used to beat your husband and <laughs> <coughs> you got a divorce and he got that restraining order against I you. Did not used to beat my husband. Like, well, I mean, have discussions with them, whatever you want to call it. We're talking about how they legitimately broke the black family home down. That, like, what is your take on that? You just said a whole lot, like. You don't know. expect that you gonna what the fuck you don't think I got a, I got a bachelor's degree. I, know, I have you. I know, right? It's a lot to swallow. Mm-hmm. Like come. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
comment. <laughs> I mean, it's not really hard to swallow. Okay, but yeah, you did just tell me a lot. I don't know. Let me think. It overwhelms you to really break when I break. You know, see, this is what I tell people. We're not just about sex on here. We're about a lot of things. You know, nothing is unfucking touched. I'm going to put a glitch in the matrix if it fucking kills me. Nothing's going to stand in my way. Jesus can come down himself and be like, hey, Pierre, why don't you stop? I'm like, man, fuck off, Jesus. You're just doing that because you God, son. Get out of my face. I always have dreams that me and Jesus will go to this bar in purgatory and he always fucking with me. So. <clears throat> Now, would you say that the new cycle, the new generation, like, it's still, the cycle is still continuing. Now, it's opioids. But now, opioids is affecting more of the suburban communities, whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, who's getting their hands on these opioids and selling them to these kids? Their skin color matches the same color as mine. And it's and it's crazy. Where did these where did the opioid epidemic come from? Pharmaceuticals. But we keep like at the end of the day, <clears throat> it's about responsibility. I always say take drugs proportionately, no responsibly, and be savage recklessly. What that means, uh, my savage ladies and gentlemen, what that means is. Life is about experiment. Look at the hippies of the sixties. Like, believe it or not, go in your mother and father room. They probably got some weed in there. Or some coke. And guess what? It's just not it's not a new thing to them. They probably been doing this shit for years. Don't be surprised if you go in your father's fucking time capsule or whatever he keeps in the attic and find some fucking tabs of fucking uh quaaludes from the eighties. I would love a quaalude right now. You don't know nothing about quaaludes. Dang, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting you're doing that. Um, yeah, I don't know nothing about no playlists except for the movies. And which movie are you talking about? Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah. That's my favorite movie. You know. I love Leonardo <clears throat> you Would you, would you, have you ever dated a white guy? Because we're still in this interracial relationship. Uh, you're all over the place. I don't know where we are right now. <laughs> I can be, but, all, I, um, this is my fucking show. I can be all over the, I can, no, I can be on. Back to your answer. No, I have not. I never dated outside of my race. I would like to. I'm open to it, but I just never did. And is this because you were married at 19 years old? No, because I've dated, like, <clears throat> within our split-up periods. But never, uh... Out of my... I will... Okay, let me take that back. It wasn't dating. I was messing with this guy. He was, like, mixed with... Uh, he was, like, black and Mexican. So, does that count? It kind of does. But it kind of doesn't. It's half and half because he was half and half. Yeah. Like lemonade sweet tea mix. Right. He was mixed up in that. So, other than that, no. So. But it means so puffful. So, what would you call. Like, so do you judge a black man when you see him? With a white woman Or vice versa If you do, do you Or do you be like That's beautiful That's cute I think it's a beautiful thing I don't judge I love the I love the mixture I think it's I think it's beautiful Black, white, Mexican Whatever Mix it up Yeah this is, this is why most of the kids Are hybrids now Yeah And there's <clears> with that I think that's a Great thing So Like I know I'm good With my kids Dating outside the race But I'm not good With them marrying Outside the race How do you feel about that I'm all for it. 
I mean, if you're going to date outside your race, I would just hope that you will find somebody that would treat you right. I don't really care what what their color is. That's like, you can't control that shit. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, and, because I've dated every, like I said, and they introduce you to so many new foods. Yourself. Exactly. You need to expand yourself. Mm-hmm. Minorities should all date. I think everybody should date. I don't. I don't know. Married. I don't know about married date. Yes. I don't know about the extra stuff. <laughs> but make babies. I don't. I don't know. They're so beautiful. Like when you start mixing the races, like they're just so beautiful. That hair changes the body. Like I just love it. Like I think it's like a beautiful little concoction. You know what else is a beautiful concoction? Mm. Tequila mixed with Molly. Never had that, but I'll take your word for it. You should, because I used to potty hop. I was a micromancer, whatever the fuck that is. But we're going to go ahead and take a quick commercial break. We got some bills to pay. And when we come back on the X-Rated Experience podcast, we will also hear from the Sunflower Goddess herself, Cookie. We will also hear from more couples on interrelation, interrelation, interracial. I know, I know, man, you don't, don't, you're a pro hammerhead. All right. So all that and more on the X-Rated Experience podcast. My savage X-rated ladies and gentlemen, I want you all to gather around because for centuries we have all wondered who was in the right, Dr. King or Malcolm X. One saying peace and love and equality while the other saying by any means necessary, militant and ready to go to war. Well, no further ado, I give you the great debate of Dr. King and Malcolm X. Enjoy. The white man pays Reverend Martin Luther King, subsidizes Reverend Martin Luther King, so that Reverend Martin Luther King can continue to teach the Negroes to be defenseless. That's what you mean by nonviolent. Be defenseless. Be defenseless in the face of one of the most cruel uh, beasts that has ever taken the people into captivity. That's this American white man. And they have proved it throughout the country by the police dogs and the police clubs. A uh, hundred years ago, they used to put on a white sheet and use a bloodhound against Negroes. Today, they have taken off the white sheet and put on police uniforms. They've uh, traded in the bloodhounds for police dogs and they're still doing the same thing. And just as Uncle Tom, back during slavery, used to keep the Negroes from resisting the bloodhound or resisting the Ku Klux Klan by teaching them to to love their enemy or pray for those who use them despitefully, today uh, Martin Luther King is just a 20th century or modern Uncle Tom or a religious Uncle Tom who is doing the same thing today to keep Negroes defenseless in the face of attack that Uncle Tom did on the plantation to keep those Negroes defenseless in the the face of the attack of the Klan in that Well, I don't think of... uh love as, uh, in this context, as emotional bosh. I don't think of it as uh, a weak force. But I, I think of love as something strong and that organizes itself into powerful uh, direct action. Now, this is what I try to teach in the struggle in the South, that uh, we are not engaged uh, 
in a struggle that means we sit down and do nothing. Uh, that there's a great deal of difference between non-resistance to evil and non-violent resistance. Uh, non-resistance leaves you and uh, leaves you in a state of stagnant passivity and deadened complacency, wherein non-violent resistance means that you do resist in a very strong and determined manner. And I think some of the uh, criticisms of uh, nonviolence, or some of the critics, fail to realize uh, that we are talking about something very strong, and they confuse non-resistance with... Have you lost your mind? I mean, how is it that you can disrespect a man's ethnicity? when you know we've influenced nearly every facet of white America, from our music to our style of dress, not to mention your basic imitation of our sense of cool. Walk, talk, dress, mannerisms. We enrich your very existence, all the while contributing to the gross national product through our achievements in corporate America. It's these conceits that comfort me when I'm faced with the ignorant, cowardly, bitter, and bigoted who have no talent, no guts. People like you who desecrate things they don't understand when the truth is you should say, thank you, man, and go on about your But apparently, you're incapable of doing that. So. Double. My bad. And don't tell me to be cool. I am cool. Racial evidence. Why does it always come down to The goal of Dr. Martin Luther King is to give Negroes a chance to sit in a segregated restaurant beside the same white man who had brutalized them for 400 years. The goal of Dr. Martin Luther King is to get Negroes to forgive the people who have brutalized them for, uh, for 400 years by by lulling them to sleep and making them forgetting what those whites have done to them. But the masses of black people in America today don't go for what Martin Luther King is, is putting down. As you said in one of your articles, it's psychologically insecure, something of that sort. I forget how you put it. But you didn't endorse what Martin Luther King was doing yourself. Uh, I do not reject his goals of full integration and full equality rights for American citizens. Do you reject these If goals? you don't think that he's walking on the right road, I'm quite sure you don't agree that he'll get to the right place. And if you would classify uh, his method as uh, psychologically unrealistic, I think that uh, if a man's method is psychologically unrealistic, which means the road or the means or the method that he's using, I think as a psychologist, you, you'd be very doubtful I don't think that that's he would reach true. the right. If anyone has ever lived with a nonviolent movement in the South, from Montgomery on through the Freedom Rides and through the sit-in movement and the recent Birmingham movement and see the reactions of many of the uh, extremists and reactionaries in the white community, uh, he wouldn't say that this movement makes, uh, or this philosophy makes them comfortable. Uh, I think it arouses uh, a sense of shame within them often in many instances. I think it uh, does something to cut, touch the conscience and uh, establish a sense of guilt. Now, so often people respond to guilt by engaging more in the guilt-evoking act in an attempt to drown the sense of guilt. But this, uh, this approach certainly uh, doesn't make the white man feel comfortable. I think it does the other thing. Uh, 
conscience and uh, it, it disturbs this this sense of contentment nothing will they ever do they welcome back my x-rated savage ladies and gentlemen on the x-rated experience podcast this is the black history month edition of the podcast i did say i wasn't going to drop anything else until i dropped this uh, out of respect for my people you know what i'm saying young kunta Right, I was talking to my son. He's sitting next to me, looking at the mic. Yeah, it's a beautiful mic, I know, son. Thank the sponsors. Say thank you. <laughs> okay, he's just looking at the mic, but all right, whatever. <laughs> Say thank you, fat boy. But yes, so the topics are interracial relationships and the destruction of the black family home. I have here Cookie. Say hey, Cookie. How you doing? She's gonna go ahead and weigh in because she was a, is a habitual interracial dater. She dated some Native American slash uh, Mexican guy. He was her ex. And how did that work out for you? Like, how was that? Was it a culture shock or like what did you experience different than you would have experienced if you were dating a, a strong, young, handsome black man? Oh my God. <laughs> Honestly, his dad was adopted into a Mexican family, so it was just all confusing. He didn't even want to originally know about his heritage anyway, which offended me in a sense. Like, why wouldn't you want to know? Don't you want to know your history? Yeah, I did a lot of seeking in my history, and I realized that I come from a strong lineage of royalty and fighters. So, son, we have that in our blood. So, as a Native American person... This is true because he could have been an Aztec warrior. You never know. Uh, so, what about you and your history? Did he accept uh, you and your history? He didn't care. I'll explain all kinds of things to him. I'm trying to wake a nigga up. He didn't give a fuck. Yes, millennials are hard to deal with at times. You should know because you are one. <laughs> so, yeah, and I don't know. I don't like I say. I never really. I've dated every race and every t- bullet point of race there is. Like I said. No, don't shame to be who you do like at all. Do what you want to do. Now, would you let our son marry? What do you what do you what do you mean? Like so if our child came to you and like, hey mom, I wanna go ahead and uh, this is Becky and we're happy and this is what I want. Uh, Becky. Yeah, Becky. support this you're my mother i love you like do you support her she can't make greens but you know look at the end of the day some people i may not like i always have to give everybody a chance no matter the race okay that is very diplomatic (laughs) you don't make yourself look bad 
I get it. I understand. But my answer still stands. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's, but you know, I'm cool with whoever he brings home, long as we don't have to have the marriage discussion. You know, he can date whoever, because that's how I feel like I found different foods, the way, you know, different nationalities. Uh, I learned about Anglo-Saxon, what? Anglo-Saxon warriors. Um, that was her heritage. Like everybody has culture, yeah. yeah. So, you know, <clears throat> I feel like the only race I haven't dated is Samoans. Really? Yes, yeah, literally. Well, no, you know. he was on the East Coast. Exactly. Like Unless you're in New York, and that's still a slim chance, or in Miami. But yeah. All right. So, you being a mom yourself, uh, the discussion of black family homes, the destruction of it all. What does that do to you? What does that question? How how does the? I mean, I know how it gets to me. How does it get to you? Like, what do you find the blame of the destruction of black family homes? See, that question comes around in a big circle because you could blame it on the black men. But then you can also blame it on the environment that they were raised in, who their mama is, you know? You just got to look at the pattern in the loop. Wow. <laughs> but all in all, it's the black men. So you're blaming the black men for the destruction of and black their mamas, yeah. That's yeah. that's a bold statement. So, well, it's made. So, <laughs> I have to disagree with you on that one. Okay. Okay. Can you have me that pen, please? Now, <clears throat> this is what that is actually super wrong. Because it's the, it, I feel like it was the circumstances that we were given. Um, you know, yeah, you are right. Your surroundings. Yeah, be, you got the government bringing over these things such as guns and drugs for us to sell to put food into <coughs> the cabinets of our mothers, our girls, our b- baby mothers, our side so chicks. You're it on the system. Pretty the much. man's behavior is the system's fault. Partially, yes. <laughs> Are you serious? No, now you have the ones that want to stay in that stay that way. Okay, yeah. But back I then we had no choice. But now I ask you every time when you get into this position that you're in now, and then you look back, you like, damn, like my niggas can really be out here doing this shit because it's easy, right? Yeah, it's instead it, out there doing dumb shit. But I've always had the mindset to want more for myself. I'm. <coughs> <clears throat> so you cannot say I don't know People think differently You know Some people Just like you have Your professional strippers Or your professional escorts They love doing what they do mm-hmm. Some people love being gangsters Some people love being I love being a savage But I love being a corporate savage Okay Kudos to those people But I encourage getting out more Alright <laughs> This is true Cause I've been Damn near all over the world And when I came back home The hood was always right there Like from Germany To Dominican Republic I've been everywhere Shout out to Like I said man Shout out to all my International listeners I love each and every one of y'all Just as much as I love Y'all domestic listeners 
Cookie is breastfeeding as we're doing this interview, by the way. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. Yes. But when we come back, <laughs> we're going to take another quick little break and we come back on the X-Rated Experience podcast, the conclusion of this awesome podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed all the little snippets from the great, great, great speakers such as Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, <coughs> Etc. Uh, so all that I'm all. Two, you know? That's the only two that I know so far because it's not fully edited yet, <laughs> and I just know. That you don't shut up. We'll be back <laughs> on X Rated Experience podcast. talk it, but they won't practice it. And uh, with the Supreme Court, if the NAACP can tell me that they want a desegregation decision for me uh, 10 years ago, but yet the schools haven't been desegregated, as I say, this is a victory with no victory. Uh, it's a victory that you can talk about, but it's a victory you can't show me. So if you represent the NAACP and you are telling me about this great victory you won for me, when I look at you, I have to uh, conclude that either you have been duped yourself or else you are trying to dupe me. And in most instance, instances where the civil rights struggle is involved, there is no civil rights leader can point to me one concrete gain, practical gain, that black people have made in the civil rights field in this country, not only during the past 10 years, but during the past 100 years. I don't think there's any real organization to the riots. I think they grow out of the conditions that I've mentioned uh, all along. And as long as these intolerable conditions are there, as long as the Negro finds himself living every day in a major depression, uh, then uh, every city will sit on a, a powder keg and can explode over the slightest incident. I feel that killing is a very tragic way to deal with any social problem. There is no violent solution to the problem that the Negro confronts in this country. And this is why I have constantly said that riots are socially destructive and self-defeating. After all, the Negro ends up uh, on the losing end. We can't win a violent revolution. Most of the persons killed in riots are Negroes themselves. Uh, the persons who end up not being able to get uh, milk for their children of Negroes uh, because things where they have to live are destroyed. So there's no uh, practical or moral answer uh, in the realm of violence to the Negroes' problem. But I do understand the sociological, the psychological, and the economic reasons. My X-rated savage, ladies and gentlemen, we are back on the Black History Month edition of the X-rated Experience podcast. I am your host, the X-rated savage himself. I would love to thank all of you guys for, you know, joining me today domestically and internationally. <clears throat> I'm talking about every continent, every country out there in the world to celebrate and if you're not if you're not black thank you for joining us and listening and celebrating with us because we gotta understand people as african americans we have had a lot of other cultures fight for us 
during the civil rights movement, our race, you know what I'm saying, we lost a lot of great figures that was our color, but it was a it was, it was a lot of Kennedy. You know? Don't forget the freedom riders. You feel me? We had other cultures fighting for us to have rights as well. We have to always remember one bad a few bad apples does not account for all the apples I'm not about to waste fucking money throwing out a whole barrel of apples because (laughs) I found a few spoiled ones in the bus no what the fuck I know I'm cheap so we're gonna save these apples that are good treat them and appreciate them because these apples stuck it out with us while the bad apples was doing dumb shit This month, we need to love one another. We need to enjoy each other. It's no no other way of putting it, man. As a kid in elementary school, I got to go from class to class doing the I Have a Dream speech, and I loved every minute minute of it. I hated it when they kept calling me Dr. King, but hey, man, I take that with pride now. Now they call me Satan, so (laughs) I've come a long way. So, love each other. <laughs> Seriously, love each other, man. There's no more. Let's stop that whole crabs in the bucket shit. Let's stop pulling each other down. Just The saying is they want to see you do good. They just don't want to see you do better as them. Let's fucking erase that from existence. Let's erase that when it comes to our culture. Let's support each other. Let's support our businesses. We can thrive together. Look. If you don't believe me, the Black Panthers thrived and the government broke them up. Our civil rights leaders made progress and the government took them down. You understand? Our movements get shat, get unheard. Like, you know what I'm saying? When it comes to this whole Me Too movement, time's up. Our black women get ignored still. When something goes down, we have to support each other. You understand? We have to be there for each other. No one else has our back. We never got restitutions. We never got our 40 acres in a mule. All we get is the right to say we influenced every aspect of this country with no credit that's literally all we get to say so equality is not far off it's just out of reach hopefully the next generation gets it right hopefully the generation after that gets it right but after a while when when do we stop saying hey I'm white black Hispanic Native American Asian when do we stop giving ourselves these barriers and these titles and just say hey we're the human race 
I don't give a fuck about the race, the culture, the sexuality, whatever the case may be. If we all come together and be there for each other in a progressive manner with no undertones of any type of negative bullshit, we can go so fucking far. Like, for real, we can go so far. On that note, my savage X-rated. Ladies and gentlemen, say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. Good night. First, the white man and the black man have to be able to sit down at the same table. The white man has to feel free to speak his mind without hurting the feelings of that Negro. And the so-called Negro has to feel free to speak his mind without hurting the feelings of the white man. Then they can bring the issues that are under the rug out on top of the table and take an intelligent approach to get the problem solved. That's the only way that they'll ever do it. We need an action program while we are Muslims, while we are Christians, or while we are whatever we are. We still need an action program that will eliminate these evils that are in our community. This is what we're trying to do with the Muslim Mosque Incorporated. Do you consider yourself militant? <laughs> I consider myself Malcolm. <laughs> well, I think we uh, have to agree that uh, this appears to be uh, the result of an internal conflict within the black nationalist movement. So I think the first thing that needs to be done is for a conference of goodwill to take place between uh, black nationalist leaders. This was why I suggested a few days ago that the followers of the late Malcolm X and the followers of Elijah Muhammad uh, should sit down at the peace table together, so to speak, uh, and discuss this problem and try to reach some understanding. Uh, I don't think, uh, and I'm sure, uh, that uh, nothing can be accomplished by violence. Uh, it only leads to new and more complex social problems. I think it is unfortunate uh, for the black nationalist movement. I think it is unfortunate for the health of our nation.